Hi, we are the Fancy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan and this week I'm joined by Matt in Manchester, Ben in LA, Andy in Tokyo and John in Tokyo. Welcome guys. Um, it is the middle of an international break so I hope we're going to bring you a little bit of FPL in the FPL desert and we're going to start off by looking at some scores from the last game week um, and we've got some wild cards in there as well. Matt, I'm going to come to you first. Everyone had a fairly bad game week, um, but uh, you you played three transfers, right? So, what transfers so, did you make? I say, but but you had the worst game week. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Duncan. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I um I'd saved up a transfer, um, and so I had three. Well, I I I played three transfers. And I've gone for a bold... Everyone is talking about whether you should go Lukaku or Ronaldo um, with Salah. And I thought, no, no, you can go for all three. That would be the magic, the magic solution. Um, so I've gone for all three. Uh, and so far, it hasn't worked because I've came bottom. Um, but I think I'm still quite happy at the moment because uh, I mean, lots of people were captain Lukaku uh, and Ronaldo. Uh, it just didn't work out that week. Uh, but I'm hopeful for going forwards. And then my make weights for that, I sold Trent, so a bit of a risk there. Uh, bought in Alonso, who promptly uh, didn't play, uh, a bit annoying. And then my, um, I've gone for a cheapo midfielder in uh, Douglas Louise, so, um, who plays, but I don't, don't expect him to be in my first team very often. So uh, that's given me a bit of a yeah front-loaded team, but uh, we'll maybe talk about that in a bit. Have you heard the news about Lukaku? Um, and his muscle fatigue. I've just seen the news today about that. I've seen that he's the uh, the yellow flag, uh, but I, yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see what that actually means in, in reality. There's quite a few injuries that are popping up like that during the international break, and you just don't know, do you? You have to wait for the team news when they all come back, because so many of them could just be kind of fake news, basically. Yeah, I mean, my uh, my triple big hitter is. Is probably a mistake, uh, and so maybe his injury is just saving me from my own incompetence. So you've gone, you've gone without Trent, and you brought in Alonso, and he didn't play. Is Alonso uh, an immediate emergency transfer out this week? Uh, no, no, I'm going to stick with him. Uh, I mean, at least he had the good grace not to come on the field with not playing, so I got a sub on, uh, and Livermento got me four points, so uh, that was all right. And I think. Well, I know Chilwell played quite well for England uh, and, and played OK for Chelsea. But I think Alonso is looking pretty good in a wing-back role and that's kind of the position he plays. And when I've seen him briefly this season, he's been bombing forward. So I think he could do all right if, um, when he does play. And I think he'll play most of the time. But um, yeah, part of me is thinking maybe he should have gone safer with Aspi or um, with Rudiger. But uh, I might try and get one of those two this week. I mean, having Liveramento on the bench is is pretty good, isn't it, as a backup? It's not a bad one for this season. Um, what about you, John? How did you get on this week? Yeah, no, also not great. I got um, 39 points versus the overall average of 38, which is a little consolation. I like being above that average marker on a bad week. I brought in Rudiger for sure which I'd said on the last podcast I was going to do. He didn't perform right away, but I did at least manage to avoid uh, Shaw's drop-in value of 0.1, and Rudiger went up by 0.2 in that time, so at least I've got that consolation. And he played. Uh, 
He played. He's a Chelsea he's, he's, defender who actually started. Yeah, so that was nice. Um, and then uh, Ben White came in for me as a sub uh, due to Trent's injury, so picked up seven points there. Uh, I had Captain Ronaldo, so the one point doubled up for two was was not great. And uh, I blame Andy for that. I'd called uh, Andy ahead of the game week saying, oh, I've got a feeling Ronaldo's not going to start this week because of the, the Champions League exploits. And Andy said to me, don't worry about it. He's definitely going to start. Solskjaer doesn't know how to rotate. So put him in. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I forgive him because my backup uh, vice captain was Antonio. So I only lost two points. Turns out, though, that those uh, that two-point difference, had I selected Antonio, would have put us top of our league for the five of us. So, you know, other than that, though, just a, a average week, nothing particularly big to report, just average week in a low-performing week. So one point above the average. Fair enough. I'll, I'll round up the, the final non-world carder with my team. So 37 with a minus four. Same as Matt, I did uh, three transfers and they didn't work out kind of at all. Brought in Christensen for Dinia. Christensen didn't play. Alonso came in, didn't play. I got rid of Williams for Norwich. To be fair, he didn't play and he's good to get gone for my team. And then I brought in Saar, which I'm kind of regretting now. I've thought about it a, a little bit more and looked at his fixtures. They look really tough from now on. So that was a bit of a knee-jerk transfer and I got rid of Ferran Torres, although I did say I'm going to stick with him until it's, you know, kind of silly, but I feel like two benchings and not even minutes in a, in a few of those. So, yeah, he's gone from my team. And, um, yeah, captained Ronaldo and a fairly bad game week, but I think I got away with it because we all did pretty pants. Um, should we have a look at wild cards? Um, so, Andy, do you want to go first with your wild card? Yeah, sure. So, I've um, I've also had a bad game week, but I'm, I still like my team even after that bad game week because, as we've already covered, a lot of people did really badly. And my team was kind of uh, scuffered by a few incidents that it, didn't, that it couldn't have been predicted, really. So, um, my team now, I have uh, goalkeepers. I have uh, Sanchez and Raya, whose like, fixture rotation still keeps working for a while. Um, my defenders are Rudiger, Tomiyasu, Cancelo, Alonso, and uh, Libramento. I've actually already done the Alonso for Chilwell. I'll come back to that later. Um, my midfielders are Rafinha, Salah, Pogba, Smithrow, and Ward-Prowse. And then my strikers are Antonio, Emmanuel, Dennis, and Lukaku. So obviously, a few of the same traps everyone else fell fed into. I, I, I had Alonso. Um, I had the Ward Prowse red card. I had Pogba not starting. I had all kinds of things going on in my team that kind of scuffered me last week. Um, but next week, I feel like those things won't happen again. <laughs> so um, uh, it should be good. Um, with Alonso, I've, I've got a, a, a Chelsea supporting friend who um, reliably assures me that Alonso was only in because Chilwell was struggling for fitness and stuff like that, and that really Chilwell was the first choice. And he scored a goal in his first game back. So I'm I've gone for the, the the immediate panic swap of getting rid of Alonso. Um, my other upcoming transfer that I know I'm going to do this week is Emmanuel Dennis. You mentioned um, Duncan that he's got a terrible, but Watford have a terrible run of fixtures. 
Um, Brentford, on the other hand, had an amazing run of fixtures. So I'm going to do Dennis and Tony, and I've got the money saved in the bank to do that already. So um, that's my my plan for the future. Um, most of this, like the, the, objective, the main objective of that wild card was to uh, triple up on Chelsea and to get at least two Arsenal players in because both of those teams have a really good run of fixtures. So I'm pretty happy with the overall look of the team. Okay, so I've got a question on the Alonso transfer. It, it kind of seems strange that you go from one uh, wing back who's been dropped to the other one. I'd be worried that they could slightly rotate, even though Chilwell might be the first choice. I wouldn't be sure that he's going to start every game. Or finish but, every game, right? I, I am worried yeah. too. Um, what about what, but, what about Asby? Um, I think it's I don't think it's any different. Um, like he's yeah, I guess the only difference is Aspilicueta's really old. So he probably needs resting more than Alonso or Chua do. Um although he can play multiple positions, which helps him, but um I think really um in both of the positions that Aspilicueta plays, he's not the best player in either of those positions. He just plays a lot because he can move between them. I think it's fair enough. With with Dennis as well, I'm probably thinking the same thing. I think also with Ranieri coming in, new coach, you don't know if he's going to be one of the 15 forwards that Watford have who's actually going to start from now on, right? So if you're going to get yeah, rid quite. of him, if you're thinking about it, this seems like the right week. What do you guys think of Andy's wildcard? Any comments from you guys? I mean, I think uh, the one we were discussing just beforehand, uh, Pogba in is a uh quite the the wild option um with manu's fixtures and it's been um yeah one that not many people have gone for with the fixtures yeah, being bad. Ronaldo. that's the thing right without ronaldo um i i don't if manu win all those games which will be classic Solskjaer, um then because i don't have uh any other manu assets i would be kind of losing out on all of that so i've kept i've kept one just to sort of not lose that but not take that risk that's just um, the fear it's the fear of, of of missing out especially as a man new yeah. fan that's it and I, I can't afford Ronaldo and I'm looking at the other players that are like least likely to get rotated and I think probably Solskjaer's playing Pogba to try and get him to sign a new contract so he's the most likely to not get rotated fair enough Ben what do you reckon yeah I think it's a pretty solid team um like i also tripled up on chelsea in my wild card tripled up on arsenal um yeah the pogba one i think is a little bit dubious i'm also a manu fan and i just think we're terrible so i just went with, <laughs> i just went with zero manu players and i feel totally fine doing that fair enough ben do you want to take us through your wild card yeah so compare the two uh, I decided to wildcard because I was outside the top 1 million, which I think is one of my worst starts so far. So I felt like I needed to do it. Um, and when I was setting it up, I had similar thinking to Andy where I wanted three Chelsea players. Um, I wanted definitely Lukaku. I wanted... Uh, a couple of Arsenal players because I, I thought their fixture run was good. Um, and then the one other thing I was pretty sure on was I wanted Son. So my team is, uh, I have Ramsdale in goal uh, with Ben Foster as the backup. 
Um, I went with Rudiger, Christensen, uh, Cancelo as my starting three defenders. I was 0.1 short of Aspie, which was really annoying. Um, so I went with Christensen, knowing that he may randomly get dropped. Um, but I was okay with it because my other two defenders, uh, Tommy Yasu, Libramento, I felt were pretty good. Um, and actually that worked out this past game week where Tommy Yasu came in for Christensen and got a clean sheet. Uh, midfield, Salah, um, Rafinha, Ben Rama, I think are pretty safe choices. I went with Saka, Saka from Arsenal. Um, a little bit knee-jerk because he plays so well against Tottenham, but I think in general, him and Emil Smith-Rowe will probably pick up a decent amount of points in, the, in this fixture run that Arsenal have. And then I'm pretty smug about Son because... I think a lot of people wildcarding this week have him in their template. Um, and I was able to do it a week before. And my reasoning was, I didn't think Spurs were as bad as people were making them out to be. And whenever I watch them, like, Son still is, like, doing everything. Like, he shoots a lot, he crosses a lot. Um, so I was like, he's probably going to do stuff against Villa. And then they have Newcastle next. So I was like, I, and I also liked um, the structure of my team where I had like another semi-big hitter in midfield. Um, so I have Son, and he's, he's also a pretty good differential. And then up front, I have uh, Lukaku, Antonio, and then uh, Cameron Archer from Villa as my 4.5 forward. I basically went to forwards, <laughs> filtered by 4.5, and he was the one who had... Two points, so he, he got the nod. <laughs> Looks like um, he's played five minutes so far this season, so yeah. that's good. He's a great player. <laughs> watched him, scouted him a lot. Um, but yeah, I think I'm pretty happy with my team. The, the one thing I would maybe consider if I was redoing it is, should I have got a Wolves striker instead of one of my other mids? Uh, because, you know, they're, they're doing stuff. They have a pretty good fixture run um and Wolves are pretty attacking this year so I could have gone with Huang instead but you know I'm pretty happy with my team I, I scored I think 50 points last week which is pretty good given the average right yeah yeah what do you think guys what do you think of Son in there it's a bit different um Saka as well John yes. back me up with Son Son is a good pick right I, I was trying to stay silent on it, but um, I, I mean, he's my favourite player, so it just, it just makes me really biased, right? Like, I, 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 I found it so hard to not pick him in the first place that I could get right on board with picking him as soon as, you know, it makes sense. But being a Tottenham fan just makes it hard. Like, every time I get that feeling, I feel like, yeah, but I'm getting carried away. He, uh, I mean, he's, he's not our backup penalty taker even anymore. But I think he's a premium player. I think he's a 12 million player minus penalties, right? And then the only other question is if if Tottenham as a team are going to do anything, right, to justify putting him in there. Um, but there's no doubt, like, he'll... He's not going to He's not gonna not get, say, like, 100, 150 points in a bad season, right? In a really bad season. And 250 points in a good season. He can fall anywhere between there, and so I don't think you can go horribly wrong with it, and you can always sub him out if Tottenham 
end up being as bad as I hope they're not going to be. Was it the, I'm, I'm, was he's the, on my watch list, Tom, because uh, the next, the ne he's got after Newcastle, it's three tough fixtures, and then a night and really nice run for Tottenham. So uh, he's on my watch list to see what he does, and I'm 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 seriously considering him up. He's perennially undervalued, isn't he? So he's always like around the nine ten million mark. Um, when like John mentioned, he's a twelve million player minus penalties. I think he's a twelve million player anyway. He just always misses three months of the season, and therefore ends up with a lower score than he should be. That is pretty. That's fair, yeah. Because the only season he's had a decent full season was last season, and he got elite twelve million player points, didn't he? Right. Yeah. He got well. I I was just thinking about the penalty thing because he got I think somewhere in the region of two forty, two fifty points last season. Um, imagine adding penalties to that, you know. Mm -hmm. Just like because if you just look at Harry Kane's penalties, if he had taken them instead, it, I mean he was already one of the best players in the game. It just you wouldn't be able to justify not having him if it was that way around. So yeah, excellent player and excellent asset. So he's on. I I, I almost 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 like completely changed my team around to get him in as well. I agree that with uh, with Ben and John, he's a really good pick. Duncan, so, what do you think of my three Arsenal players? Um, I think Saka makes sense because I think he is our best player, pretty much. And Smith Rowe, you can save the money and he does look a much improved player this season. He seems much more involved in an attacking sense. But Saka is still a level above and still so cheap, massively undervalued, decent fixtures, seems to be adding goals to his game a bit more this season. So I think that's a good pick. And my only concern with it would be how many, how many players you have in the same kind of bracket of value. So you've got Saka at 6.3, Rafinha, Ben Rama around the same kind of price. So if there were some injuries in that area or some lack of form, I think you might struggle, but we're going to come on to bargains later. And it, um, at the moment, there seems to be loads of bargains at, even below that price point. So I think it's fair enough at the moment. Uh, yeah, I think Tomiyasu, Ramsdale, they seem like decent picks at the moment. And the key is with Tomiyasu, I feel like he's going to start a decent amount. Saka's going to start as much as possible. Ramsdale, I mean, we don't know at the moment whether he's just he's going to be in there and that's it and Leno's going to get the cup games but with Foster in your bench it doesn't matter too much so yeah I think it's a decent shout with the Arsenal players Wait, surely Ramsdale was first choice he started four games in a row That doesn't mean he's first <laughs> choice Like what What if he drops a clanger he hasn't he hasn't done that yet um, He is prone to a clanger Yeah and then what happens yeah. like Leno just suddenly dropped out of the blue and I don't know if he's he's gone for good. We'll have to see. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're decent picks. Yeah. So this is this kind of this is jumping ahead maybe a little bit. If anyone else wants to talk about Ben's wildcard, jump in. Um, but I was going to say we were going to talk about what's the new template. I mean, looking at these two teams, Andy's and Ben's, it jumps out at me straight away that you've got the same back three starting this game week. Rudiger, Tomiyasu and Cancelo. That's partially because you've both had Chelsea players who didn't start, but that seems to be what you're kind of aiming for the, the template to be at the moment is those Cancelo, Rudiger, another Chelsea defender and Tomiyasu on your bench. Is that fair? And probably Libramento as the fifth defender because yeah, he's yeah. so cheap. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's your that's your defense, your template defense at the moment then. So what the about... end on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, just... yeah. Yeah, I mean, now that uh, Livermento, I'm really quite a fan of, um, and people should get on him quickly because uh, his price, I think, is going to rise. Uh, like he started off as a four million man. I thought he was. Uh, I didn't know he was English uh, until I saw him get caught up for the N21s. Um, but I just figured he was some sort of uh, random scout scout purchase of a of a I don't know Italian or something. But um, yeah, he keeps bombing up and down. Um, is he was he a right back? Yeah, right back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he he looks like he could be a a good season keeper. Yeah. What about the rest of the template? I mean, Ben and Andy. I'm guessing you kind of looked at this a little bit with your wild cards. Did you kind of see a template out there you wanted to wanted to build towards? Well, the the, the two players that seem to be pretty non-negotiable are Salah and Rafinha. Salah's on such incredible form that um, can't really afford to not have him. Um, and then Leeds have got really good fixtures coming up, and Rafinha's by miles their best player, so it seems like he's a pretty popular pick. With Rafinha, when I, I think I dropped that earlier, that there's a lot of players, there's rumours they might not start game week eight. I think Rafinha is one of the players who Brazil, they're saying they're not going to release him early. So I think their game, their final game of the international break is really close to the kickoff for game week eight. So he's, you know... Rumours of a possible benching or or not starting, but I mean Bielsa will play him if he's walking. <laughs> I'm sure. Also, that's only, that's only the template lasts longer than a week, right? Um, so even if he misses one game, we can be back in the next week. And you guys are wild carded, so you got back up on your bench as well. So it doesn't matter too much. But yeah. for those that haven't, then it's something to think about. Yeah. Um, I think um, also having one of Smith Rowe and Saka. Like, uh, depending on how much money you have to spend on them is part of the template. Yeah. I mean, the fixtures for Arsenal, Palace, who have been playing pretty well, Villa, which is, is no pushover, Leicester haven't been brilliant, but they're still a, one of the bigger teams. Then Watford, Liverpool. I mean, only Watford in there, I think, uh, you know, not performing brilliant and Arsenal could do well against. So I don't think it's don't think it's definitely set that they're gonna excel. But they're good value, aren't they? They're quite cheap. Yeah, they are good value. I mean Smith Rowe is like a, a starting attacking midfielder for Arsenal who's also an enabler. And they're the best players in the team at one of the lowest prices in the team as well, right. which is kind of crazy. So yeah. Is is Smith Rowe gonna be a starter every week, do you reckon, Duncan? I would say so, yeah. yeah. I think he's going to be one of those players where they're going to start him as much as they can and when they need to rest him, there's players to come in, but it's it's probably only going to be a game rather than more than that money. Okay. Um, next up on our topics is the hack. Uh, over to you, Ben. If you haven't heard about this, what's this about? Yeah, this was big news, I think, over a week ago on Fantasy Football, where someone had noticed that the number one team in the world had essentially deleted their team. Um, and then the guy the guy was posting, he was like, oh, shit, I, I never deleted my team. How do I get it back? Um, and then it turned out in the next couple of days that 
there's this, I don't use this website, but there's this third party website called Fantasy Football Hub, which I assume gives you like stats and insights um, on, your, on your team and league, probably similar to live FPL that all of us use. And apparently they it's, it's more than that. It, it actually allows, it automatically optimizes bits of your team and makes transfers for you as well. Oh, do you use it, Andy? Um, I don't. I read about, I, I read that on Twitter, so maybe that's not true. Oh, but yeah. you know, that's what Twitter told me. Yeah, so they, they got hacked and they, they, they leaked all their, their usernames and passwords. So I think some people, some of the people who got hold of them were deleting um, highly placed teams, which is probably why none of us got affected because <laughs> we're also <laughs> low. But also, some people do really funny things where they were actually making really good transfers for the hack players because, you know, say they had done something really bad and um, they they made really smart transfers as if it was their own team. So, like, I don't know, like getting in Rafinha or Lukaku or someone. And then changing the person's team name to be like, oh, you should check your password. <laughs> um, so there were some benevolent hackers too, um, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, I know my question to you guys was like, if someone hacked your account and say they made like 50 transfers, would you, would you instantly rage quit or would you keep going? I, I just pressed the free hit button, I think. Oh no! Say they say they say they oh. also see up your free hit. Oh man, I'm throw that to someone else. I'm not sure. I mean, I play on. Yeah, I mean, I would pay my money. Not doing very well anyway. So. Yeah, gives you an excuse, right, for bad performance. I I I think there's there's also other objectives of the game. I mean, I'd be annoyed, but one thing I always feel like doing and and never do is just really going for it one week. So, you know, there's weekly prizes and things and being on top for one week would get you a lot of prestige. So like planning that week or something instead of trying to win for the season and finding little other ways to like have little victories in, in, in the game. A lot of people do set up a brand new team per week, don't they? Or go yeah, to the could, month, monthly you, prize. Exactly. You could, you, could, you, could, you could make every single week your goal. And it would take away that pressure of trying to win overall in the season. You could make as many transfers as you like and things like that. It's kind of crazy how many games within the game of fantasy football there are. Like we've mentioned this before, there's like the team value game where you're trying to get the highest team value. And then there's going for the monthly prize and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, so what about bargains? What about bargains? <laughs> Next topic, Matt. Why have you picked this one? Well, so I mean, I as I've gone, as I said previously, I've gone three big hitters at the moment, and I've done that partly because uh, I've been able to go quite cheap in midfield, uh, and prior to that, I had Dennis as well as a real bargain striker that played, and it just it just strikes me this year there might be a a few more bargains than than usual, um, and that could could really help all our. Help with the balance of all our teams and affording everyone, um, and so I wondered if it was yeah worth I just just talking a little bit about who our favourite or who are who we think the best bargains are at the moment, um, and so uh, I just should I, should I do my favourite first or should we yeah, go, should you, we go around the houses? You kick us off. 
Well, I mean, the I have in my current team, I've got Gallagher, Damari Gray, uh, Rafinha's pretty cheap, but maybe not not bargain territory. Livermento at the back's very cheap. Um, they, I, I won't go to them because that, that's a bit that's a bit boring. Uh, I will go for Huang at uh, Wolves is my current favourite bargain that I'd love to get in. Um, he seems to have a knack of scoring goals, and he's what five point. He's going up to five point six now. Yeah, five point six million for for a striker playing in a, what looks like quite decent mid table team um, with with all right fixtures at the moment. Um, I think that is really really good value. Um, I was thinking if I, if I sold Ronaldo for Wang, I'd have so much in the bank I could barely spend it. It'd be amazing. Um, so yeah, he's uh, he's already up to three goals in his four games. Um, so I think he, he, him and Jimenez are looking like quite a good partnership. And um, yeah, I think he'd be really popular. My, my problem with Huang is that in those positions supporting Jimenez, you've got Trincao and you've got Traore as well, and even Pedence. So I feel like if he was to lose a bit of form, he might not be a definite starter every game. That's my only concern with him. I mean, he's yeah, he's not played every minute uh, for most of his games. Uh, he's a bit more. Of, is he a bit more of a target man, that hold up and work hard type striker? Uh, I don't think so. I think he's more. He's playing off Jimenez. Hmm. Yeah, I just, I just, I think, I feel he offers something slightly different from a Trincao, uh, and that, that thing that is different is is being a bit more direct and trying to score goals. Um, so, uh, I like him so far, but yeah, you, you are right. There's definitely a risk, but the, that, that's the thing with most bargains. Like they can always just blow up because the reason they're cheap is because at the start of the season, people didn't think they were going to be guaranteed starters. I just think you can pick ones that you, well, we'll see when we go through them that might be more assured starters for the season, but we'll see. Who's got a next one? I got one. Um, my one is very unsexy pick. <laughs> Andros Townsend from Everton. 5.6, so cheaper than Damari Gray. Um, and he's having a good season. He scored three goals. He crosses the ball a lot. Whenever I watch Andros Townsend, he shoots a lot. Um, so there was a split second where I did consider him for my wild card, but I only I only like the template picks. So Andrews Townsend is very not template. Um, but I, I would I thought I'd just throw him out there too. Why have you gone Townsend over Decore or, or Gray? Um I think Gray is a good probably the better pick. Um, but you know, everyone has Damari Gray. You know, Matt, Mr. Template, he has Damari Gray. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going a bit left field with Townsend. And I think long term, I know Decore has, you know, is getting forward more in this new system. But I just think Andros Townsend will, will probably outscore Decore over the long run. And he's a Crystal Palace legend too. So that's another reason. Fair enough. Um, anyone I'm else? Sorry, or you I, go, Matt? I, I do like the Townsend and Decoy picks. I think Everton are quite a good bargain 
source at the moment. Um, playing every week, they are the ones that are scoring for Everton, and Everton are probably top half the table team. Um, so yeah, uh, Rafa Benitez is is getting the most out of people like Townsend and Gray. It's quite good. He's sort of picked up some bargains. Even without just don't, just don't pick Dinia. Just don't pick Dinia. Yeah, which I did. Yeah. Even without <laughs> even without Richarlison and Calvert Lewin, they're looking really, really good. Against Man U, they're great going forward on the counter attack, didn't they? The big question yeah. is when Richarlison and Calvert Lewin are both back, does that change what Gray, Townsend and Decore are asked to do in the team? Um and I think at least one of them will probably be pulled back a bit or even benched. So that would be think, a, right, yeah. Gray was almost playing up front last week. I think he was playing at least off the, off the striker, and that that I think will probably change. You'd expect those like Richarlison to take that role from Gray, but then Gray probably still stays in the team because they had uh, was Gordon was that his name um, playing on yeah. the left wing. So yeah. you'd expect Gray to assume that position, and then um, obviously Rondon to drop for Calvert Lewin. So they they can still both play in that team with those two back. But you're right, the role changes significantly. I feel like having one of them definitely makes sense this season, though, because they do look at a good value way into Everton's exciting attack. Yes, and as a, as, as a Tottenham supporter, I'm really like hoping that Townsend has does have that great season that Ben is looking yeah. at because he he's right. Ben's right about the fact that he he loves a shot. He just loves having a crack, cut, in, cut inside, ha, sh- shoot from distance, and the difference is. Um, right now, similar to at the very start of his career, they're going in. And, you know, he spent seven years in between where they've not been going in. Uh, but maybe, he's, yeah, maybe he's hit some form. And maybe the other thing is that when he was at Palace, he was always identified as one of their main threats. And maybe at Everton with a, you know, slightly better quality team, maybe he's not getting so much attention from defenders. Yeah, that might not last forever, though. But... <laughs> He can deliver a ball, can't he? So before he gets they get to him, he can whip it into Calvert Lewin or something. Yeah. Um, what about you, John? Um, it's similar people, really, right? Huang, Towsing, Gray, Gallagher. I think uh, there's a there's a lot of those individual picks, but in general, I really like a lot of options that are at Arsenal. I think everybody, a lot of people, have put in Tommy Yasu in the last couple of weeks. Um, Tottenham. We're considering signing him too. I'm, I'm quite jealous that you ended up with him. Um, and he, I, I think though that it's just representative of the fact that Arsenal's defence might be undervalued. Um, he's at 4.5, but so is Ben White. I've, I've chosen Ben White over Tomiyasu as, as my bargain defender. Um, I think that with Party playing every week, that Arsenal defence is very undervalued. And so I've I've got the combination of Ramsdale and Goal and, and White in defence, and I think Tommy Yass is also a good pick. I think that's fair enough. I think Arsenal defence is definitely something you can rely on when they have good fixtures, but when it changes, maybe not the double up for sure. But a good backup on the bench. Don't you don't you think as an Arsenal supporter though that party in that, that defensive midfield role just makes such a big difference? I do, and also Xhaka being injured now for a while means it <laughs> looks like Lukonga is going to start next to Party, which is a pretty good block. Like I don't know if it worked brilliantly against Brighton, but we kept the clean sheet somehow, um, and that probably helped. So 
yeah, less sendings off, less kind of mad tackles at the back. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree. Yeah, Party and Lekonga, it's a pretty good combo. Also, Arteta is just, a, I think, a prag- he's a pretty pragmatic manager, I think. He never really goes no, for he it. Doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. So that, that was my other reasoning for doubling up on Arsenal defenders was he's quite a bore. And I, that Brighton game, I think, was the exact type of performance I want to see at my Arsenal defenders. Arsenal, <laughs> no, Arsenal play badly. They don't win, which is great. But they also keep a clean sheet so I can get my FPL points. I feel the the way that Arteta's team plays is almost exactly like he played as a player. Like there's there's a bit of forward thinking and attack thought, but it's mostly about possession and kind of being quite solid and sensible. Yeah, so I agree. Um, Andy, have you picked one yet? Uh, I have not, um, and I'm I'm surprised that this, this this team hasn't come up actually. No one's mentioned Brighton yet. They were doing really well this season. Um, and there are a couple of players who've really overperformed so far. Shane Duffy's only 4.3. Um, Neil Mopai's only 6.5, which is cheap for a striker. He's got 32 points so far. Um, so those are the two that have really overperformed to this point. And then there's uh, Trossard in midfield. I know Gary's had in his team, um, who's like their main creative threat. So between those three players, I think any of them is, is a pretty good, pretty good bargain. Would you go for any of them? Or do you think it's just well, wild and I haven't, right? So it's kind of difficult to argue that I would. Um, but I, I, I was very, basically the reason I chose Lieberimento over Duffy is because he had a lower team selected by percentage. That was that was how narrow it was, and I thought um, I'm more likely to get money back um, from Lieberimento. Um, Mopai, I was pretty close to, to to picking as well, but I decided to go for the Dennis and then switch to Tony later um, because of Tony's fixture list looking really good after next week. Um, but both of them, both of those who were pretty close to getting into my team. Trossard, there's so much value at like the mid-six range, so there's so much to choose from that he was a bit further away. But, um, you know, if, if anybody else had picked any of those, I'd be jealous. I kind of feel like um, Shane Duffy's going to be the James Justin of this season. Like, if you don't have him, you're going to be like, ah, oh, he's going to get dropped soon. He's going to get dropped soon. He scores another header, gets another bonus point. Like, I'm, I'm not not going to bring him in because Lamptey might come back and Veltman might get moved to centre-back and all that kind of stuff, but he's blatantly going to stay there for the rest of the season, scoring goals and really annoying me. So, yeah, good pick, Andy. Brighton. Honourable shout-out to Gary, who if he was on this pod, he would be like... All over this, he, yeah. He loves Brighton. He has three Brighton players already. <laughs> <laughs> but it's working, right? Like, yeah, I think me, me and Matt were saying today, like, Trossard, he's got in there, and he's not setting the world on fire, but he's doing enough at the price he is to justify it. And they play Norwich next, so who knows? Yeah, yeah it's going to work out. So hat trick from Mopai then? Well, could be. Yeah, it is Norwich. Um, for my pick, I'm so glad that it hasn't been picked yet. Going last, it's got to be Brentford. We're talking about bargains, and it's a team who. I think I was talking about this last week uh, on the pod or the week before. They just look like they're going to attack every team that they play. And between Tony and and Buemo, I'm not sure which one is, yeah, which one is better. I mean, Tony's on penalties, but for a bargain, probably in in Buemo, 5.5 and still like really low owned, only under 2% ownership. Um, despite getting two goals already, 
playing, you know, at least kind of 75 minutes of most games, normally 80 or 90, basically playing up front, out of position. That's what we love in FPL. Um, yeah. So I think Embuemo would be my pick and kind of, I mean, jump in if you want to on that chat, guys, but it probably it might even lead into our next topic, if not. Um, can I just jump in something about, about Ivan Tony? Something crazy that I've never seen before. So he's currently selected by 15% of the league. He's in a newly promoted side um, and his value has dropped by 0.2 million since the start of the season because he's been transferred out by so many people. I've never seen that happen before. Yeah, it's he was so crazy. good at the beginning, though, right? It's, I, I think that's what it's about. And he uh, had three blanks at the start of the season. So I, I took him out, and I wonder if a lot of people did something similar, which was um, I wasn't taking him out permanently. I was taking him out uh, with my eye on Puki at his run of fixtures at Norwich, um, and that it might have been a temporary decision. Because on paper, at least, they looked like uh, Brentford had a, a, a really bad run of games. But now game week it 10, is. right? And it ends, ends next week, right? So that after that, they've got Leicester, Burnley, Norwich and Newcastle for the next four games. It's a really nice run. Yeah, yeah so his value might spike now with people like me wanting to try to get him back in. With that, with that fixture run as well, maybe even the double up, you know, the bargain double up on Brentford attack. It's pretty I would... good as well. I would say if Embremo can roughly match Tony this season, then he's like a million cheaper and he's a midfielder, so he'll score more points every time he scores a goal. Um, he's maybe slightly more attractive at the moment. Um, I had Tony going into the season because he was obviously the golden boot in the championship uh, and seemed quite an attractive price, but uh, Embremo's looked really good so far, so it's, I think it's a good pick, Duncan. Yeah, and it, it kind of leads on to the next topic, like I was saying, is about team balance what's the right kind of team balance big at the back three premiums or is it something different and i think it's these bargains there seem to be a lot of them and that's probably why you've picked this topic matt it's also leading into your formation with three premiums but it seems to be a thing this season like the 5.5 midfielders there seems to be loads of options around that kind of price um so do you think that leads us to having slightly unbalanced teams yeah, I mean, I've gone for the uh, the three premiums, trying to get Ronaldo, Salah and uh, Lukaku in the team. Um, but what I would like to do now, looking at my team and just looking at the fixture runs and stuff, is is uh, get probably get more defenders in. Uh, so I think Chelsea, Liverpool and Man City defenders look really attractive because of the clean sheets uh, and people like Cancelo and uh, some of the uh, more... Uh, Trent, Trent will obviously get attacking returns as well but they're they're pretty expensive um and so i think yeah the question mark is now that yeah is is four at the back and spending a lot of your money on premium defenders the way forward um i mean i don't i don't currently quite have that at the moment uh but uh it's certainly what i'm what i'm thinking about now is is premium defenders and trying to get them in but the, usually the template's been like a three five two but i wonder is it is it four three three this season or you go, um, you know, big at the back, but you pick three big defenders, Man City, Liverpool and Chelsea. You'd pick players from those teams who you think aren't going to be dropped, like Diaz, like Rudiger, Trent, and then 
you maybe go with some of those 5.5 in midfield? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the nice set and forget, three-man expensive defence, and then, uh, yeah, then you could play around with some of that money up front. So, I say I've gone for the three premiums and quite heavy hitter up front, and I've still got Alonso, well, Shaw at the moment, but he's going to be going out. Uh, I agree on at the moment, but he's not been my best decision uh, this season. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, that those seem to be turned into moderately good defenders, but yeah, I, I would love those extra couple of million to to get a Trent, a Rudiger, a Cancelo, um, and I think uh, those that have just wild carded to say we were saying how they've got uh, Andy and Ben have both got these sort of uh, very very similar defenses with the Chelsea and Man City assets, and I think that could be looking really strong over the next few weeks. What do you reckon, guys? John, you've gone big at the back. You've kind of talked about that already. What do the wildcarders think? You've probably looked at this a bit more closely, having wildcarded. Well, I, I think after the after the Tony transfer, my best team might be a five-two-three, which is a complete reversal, right, of a normal three-five-two. Because um, I'll have uh, Lukaku, Antonio, and Tony up front, and then all of the defenders that are doing really well. So. I'm considering there's a lesser spotted 5-2-3 for a few weeks. You are the biggest maverick on this podcast. <laughs> Gary is up there as well, but you, you take the biscuit, I think. <laughs> I, I, I love the 5-2-3. I've, 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 I've told you on the last pod I'm playing the 4-3-3, but that's really just me keeping it safe. And I, I, I would love to pick five elite defenders and go with, and go with that same formation. I did... Um, so at the start of the season, I actually created a solver model and uh, in Excel. So put in inputs and set rules uh, within the, the, the solver function and had it pick an optimal solution to what the uh, you know players and formation should be. And it consistently told me five, two, three. And it's based on my own assumptions about defenders. Uh, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it this season. I think that's where the, the value is, right? Like this this we saw at the end of last season uh, with Man City and Chelsea consistently picking, getting clean sheets in the, the later part of, of last season. And it's continued um, at the beginning of this season. Liverpool's defence also looks great with Van Dijk back. And so I, I just think that that's a great way to get value per uh, per price into your team consistently. But you're not going there. That, I chickened out and did four. Yeah, John. <laughs> no, he's sticking to his structure. He talked about it. He's sticking to the structure, right? Yeah. No, four, four, three, three is what I what I chickened out and went with. But, but I'm not going to laugh at Andy's uh, five, two, three call because I I kind of agree with it. Ben, two in bring, bring some bring some template realness to this. No, I I think my my point of view is. You never want to go too extreme. Like, you want to set up your team where you can you can quickly go from I don't know three four three to three five two or four three three. Like, if you dig yourself too deep a hole and you have so much money in defense, you basically have to wild card or rip up your team. If I don't know, say Bruno Fernandez or Son takes off or or Kevin De Bruyne suddenly starts scoring every week, then it becomes too hard to like rejigger your team without taking a ton of hits. So um, I try and structure my team where 
you know, I have the fluidity to, you know, right now I'm playing 3-5-2. If Tony starts doing really well, it's pretty easy for me to get to 3-4-3 three, three in two transfers. It's also easy for me to get to 4-3-3 three, three and get Trent if he starts doing well. Um, so that's my very boring, sensible answer. <laughs> the, um, the, the counter to that is that my 5-2-3 five, five, has Libramento and Tommy Asso at the back right at the moment. Um, so I don't think you necessarily have to like mm. block moves to other because there are so many bargains. You don't necessarily need to block moves to other formations in order to to get a crazy formation like a five two three. Like at the moment, my, my bench with that would would have um, Smith Rowe, Ward Prowse, and Rafinha on it. So I mean, it's I'm not even sure it's my best team, but um, I think because there are so many bargains, you can be flexible and also go crazy at the same time. But then you just have the headache on who do you start? Yeah, I hate that. Mm. That's why. I, that's why I have this random Villa player. What's his name? I've even Archer. forgot. Cameron Archer. <laughs> that's why he plays a really critical role because I'm never gonna play him. <laughs> <laughs> you have no choice. Yeah, but I mean, I you get all your money on the pitch, right? That's that's, yeah. that's the downside of being a really flexible team. If you've got money on the bench every week. Duncan, you're the same as me, right? You hate you hate picking your starting eleven, right? That's you, true. Yeah. yeah. I do. You know I do. Many good players. I absolutely love it when I look at my bench and it's like one, two, zero. I'm just <laughs> like, yes, that's what I want. <laughs> fail, fail. <laughs> I want my bench to be awful every week. <laughs> well, I've pretty much copied that from Ben, to be honest. Like maximizing the money on the pitch as much as possible um, seems to work for him. But I love that we've got a different opinion. And we've got some proper mavericks on the podcast. <laughs> some proper dullards as well. well. Let me let me tell you, what's your so what's your, your goal for the season? Is it to win our league or is it to win the world? Because I'm never you're... gonna win the world. It's only gonna be like <laughs> Andy, Andy or Gary or you, John, have the chance yeah. of winning the world because you have to do something slightly mad. You're going to have to do something crazy to win the world, right? Like, yeah. and, and obviously, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to, so then everybody's going to laugh at you. But the one that gets laughed at every season, you know, is the one that's more likely to win the world, surely. There are, there are I don't, eight, I don't eight million players. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of us is going to win it. I'm I think honest. the ones who win are pretty achingly template. Uh, because you've got to do pretty good for 38 game weeks. And, yeah, there's only so many times you can be lucky. Uh, the thing is... Yeah. We'll certainly, certainly win the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks a template when they do it, but they're doing the, they're making the template, or those making those decisions maybe two or three game weeks before everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, their just... wild cardness is, is picking the player that's about to come good and is going exactly. to be the template. Which is kind but... of maverick at that point. Have you, you guys have played for, you know, how many years have you played this game for? 15 years, something like that at this point? Maybe, yeah. So has there not in that time been a season or two where the typical template just doesn't work? Like you, and that something really different, you know, for a, a given year was the answer? Well, you mean like in terms of formation? Like yeah. rather than 3-5-2 or 3-4-3? Three, three? Was there not a year up until now where... A flat back five was the way forward, or something. You know, something similar. I've never, I've never seen a year where playing five at the back 
won the won the game. Well, like th- <laughs> five five two three. I'm not even sure if that's correct because I've never really used that formation. <laughs> but the problem with it is the highest scoring players are normally midfielders. So if you're playing two midfielders, yeah, there's, there's, the odds are that you're going to not have maximum points. Well, I agree. I agree. Sure. I agree. Except, um, okay, so you have one premium player, right? So you so say you've got Salah in midfield, and then you've got one space in a five-two-three to put someone next to him and. <laughs> But but this season I'm going with 6.5 million midfielders and we talked about there being a lot of 6 million or even 5.5 million options. But that's the same price as the defenders, the premium ones. So if you're making a decision, and even a Robertson or a Trent are even above that, right? So if you're making a decision between Diaz over a season or Rafinha over a season, I would argue that those are equally good picks because Diaz... And Rafinha, you know, in a in a relatively good year, are looking at 160 points ish. Yeah, agreed. That's the thing, right? Is that you're you're making a, a false comparison there? Because normally you're not going to have more than two like premium midfielders in your team. It's unusual to have three 12 million midfielders. And if you've got the five, two, three, you could have Salah and Bruno as your midfielders, right? You've still got two premium midfielders that way. You're not losing out on the highest scorers in the game. Mm-hmm. You can do that too, yeah. Yeah. But you might be, but I guess the comparison I'm trying to make is that if you're only playing two, so yeah, you might go with two premiums. Uh, your your alternative would be to play those other, you know, slightly cheaper midfielders in a different formation. And so that's the comparison point is like your opportunity cost, right? What have you given up to right. play five defenders? And I think this year, those premium defenders are just worth more than they've been in almost any other year. You'd have to you'd have to go back to like before fantasy football was around for when defenders were worth this much, in my opinion. Like the Arsenal back four that conceded fifteen goals in a season. That year there was no fantasy football, right? Uh, this this in this format. But that year you'd have wanted to pick all of those, wouldn't you? Yeah. The thing I is- think I think I think. Either one of Andy or John has to play five two three for the whole season and try and, <laughs> try and prove this out. You know, it's funny how I'm finding myself getting passionate about this because I'm not. It's just when it's uh, being laughed at, you just get defensive, don't you? I don't think we're laughing at it at all. Like, I think, I think it makes perfect sense to me that those defenders who are premium defenders are the same price as the budget midfielders. So why don't we just have all of the premium defenders and leave those budget midfielders on our bench? But it's been, it's never worked. I've never seen it work. So, yeah. well, I'll, I'll tell you why. It's because like you have plays like Livramento that are so cheap. They, and, you know, Lundstrom last year where they almost enable, you know, you to get a better midfielder in midfield yeah, yeah. that will outscore. Yeah. Um, if all the if all the premium defenders were clearly a lot better than all these budget enabler defenders, um, then it could maybe work. But you normally find every year there's normally one random like budget enabler defender who can almost match a premium, and then you can invest that money elsewhere. You know, I don't know if we've found that yet this season because Livermento has shown a lot of promise, but he's not matching scores of those premium defenders. It's, it's going to be Tommy Asu, I'm telling you. <laughs> Shane Duffy. Shane Duffy. Shane Duffy. Yeah, it could definitely be Shane Duffy. 
He's going to curse me all season. Is um, he a Stuart Dallas? Yeah. Okay. That was a good chat. I enjoyed that. Should we have a look at the listeners' league, Ben? Yeah. So top five, I'll run through. Uh, remaining first, or with Edu Brute. He did something inspired. He did Trent to Aspie this week. And Aspie got 10 points. I think he got two assists in that win over Southampton. Um, second is Philip Raymer, who moved up from six. He captained uh, Jimenez. So went really differential, and that paid off for him. He's got a triple up on Wolves, um, which I think is something a little bit different. Uh, Debbie Dewey. I don't know if I pronounced that right. With Kaint Blues, uh, massive week, 64 points up from 16th to third. Uh, has John's favorite, Ben White. Has my favorite, Andros Townsend. Has Suchek, has Son. Um, basically, her entire midfield scored. Uh, Fintan Hogan uh, still remains in the top five with Havertz, a bit of that. Pretty standard week, 44 points. And then Aman Gulati stays in the top five. He wildcarded this week. Also with the Arsenal defensive double up, Ramsdale, Ben White. Has Emil Smith-Rowe, um, Salah, Rafinha. And also went with, I think, th- the three premiums. So he has Ronaldo, Lukaku, Salah. So similar to Matt. Um, so yeah, that's the top five. I don't think we are anywhere close. I don't even know where we are. You, Duncan, you're thirty seventh. I think you're the best of us, right, right now. Uh, in general, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's not good. Uh, and then the lowest scorer this week with eighteen points. Actually, that's not fair. Someone did nineteen points with a hit. Tim Lee. He has a good name though, Son Shine Ings on me. Oh, uh, <laughs> but he obviously did it for Son though, because he would have done better. Yeah, so uh, he had two Wolves defenders: Rudiger, Cancelo, Jota, Greenwood, Saar, Lukaku, Antonio, Ronaldo. Actually, a pretty good team. It's a good it's team. Not a bad team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all blanked. Uh, so there you go. Happens to the best of us. It does indeed. It does indeed. And if you want to take us on and take on the people at the top of the league, the code is PD, PD79YQ. Um, so, yeah, come join us, take us on um, and beat us, which seems pretty likely at the moment. Um, if you like the show, um, then please leave a review wherever you listen to us. We'd really appreciate it. Leave a nice review. That would be nice. Um, and yeah, just attention. <laughs> yeah, just slag and... us off. <laughs> blame uh, us, yeah. blame us for the hack. Would that be great? <laughs> That'd be good publicity. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Ben wanna... deleted the number one team in the world. <laughs> if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at fblfffanatics. Um, so it just leaves me to say, thank you for your insight, Ben. Oh, you're welcome. I'm. I'm hopeful I'll see some five three five two threes next game week. Yeah, it's a it's a quite a few hits I'm guessing from Andy, but it's worth it. Thank you for your insight, Andy. 
Uh, yeah, you're welcome. I, I, I will play a 5-2-3 at some point this season. I have no doubt. So we'll see how it works then. Yes. Thank you for your insight, Matt. 5-2-3 will never work. <laughs> and thank you, John, for your insight. Thank you very much. And we'll speak to you soon. Thank you.